Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. You've had it with mountaineering training and you're ready to quit. You think you should be faster and stronger by now. You're convinced you're not ready. And at this point, you're so miserable, you can't remember why you wanted to climb that stupid mountain in the first place. Friends, if this sounds like you, know that I have been exactly where you are and that I know that it really sucks. But before you totally throw in the towel, I want you to take a deep breath and pause because the truth is wanting to quit is a pretty normal experience in endurance training. And by making some changes to your thinking, you'll often find the strength to carry on and even renew your excitement about your goal. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks, of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? I am good. We've just had like such a beautiful weekend here in Denver. So I got to get outside a lot. And then yesterday, for the first time in a while, I went to a hash, which is, if you've never heard of Hash House Harriers, it's not weed. I know this is Colorado I'm broadcasting from, but it has nothing to do with marijuana. It's, it's a social run that people get together. Someone goes out and lays a trail and then everybody else has to follow it. And there's breaks in it and there's places where you have to like work as a team and find the trail again. And it is just so damn fun. It's such a blast. And I really haven't done one since way before COVID. So, and like during COVID was really thinking I wanted to get back to it. So now that I have my vaccine, was excited to, they're all kind of starting up again. The groups are getting more active. So went out and did one such a blast. But the other thing I realized is how awkward I feel socializing with big groups of people. Like with COVID, it's generally been like close friends or one-on-one, you know, small groups. Like this was like 25 people and I only knew like two and one not really that well at all. And I remember just feeling like, 
oh my gosh, at one point I started to feel a little panicky. I'm like, there's so many people and I just feel like I don't know how to talk or mingle or be normal. I just felt so awkward. So I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty normal feeling for a lot of us coming out of COVID though. So, so much self-acceptance with that. And my favorite part was at the end, I saw someone come through that I knew pretty well when I used to hash before and said hi to him and went up to him, was excited to hug him. And before I hugged him, I put my mask on (laughs) and then I was like laughing I'm like I have no idea why I did that I don't think you're dirty or anything we've both been vaccinated he's like yeah I know like things are just weird right now (laughs) It's so awkward, but so wonderful to be out in the world a little more. So hopefully y'all are getting vaccinated. Um, Looking forward to all of those those experiences and all their glorious awkwardness and whatever. So so let's move into our topic for today. This is all about when you want to quit. I know this is, I feel like those topics have been kind of downers lately, but you know what? I feel like this is also the ones where when you need it, like on that day, like where you're just having a really hard time. You really need this. So if you don't want to quit right now, you know, you can always skip this one bookmark it for later because I guarantee you if you are an endurance athlete that's trading for a big goal and particularly if this is something you want to make into a lifestyle and do a big goal every year, you are going to definitely go through periods where you want to quit. If not, if you're one of those unicorns, it's just always like I have perfect confidence in myself and this goal and you know, I'm happy for you. But (laughs) I think most people, the case is that they often want to quit. And I think that's very normal. Why? Because of the nature of endurance training. It is such a metaphor for life and it is such a huge thing to undertake. We're basically going through like four to six months of obstacles, running up against obstacles of maybe like not meeting expectations of ourselves, of our coaches, of just constantly like putting ourselves in a position to fail, right? Like every time there's a workout and there's a goal to do this thing, there's a chance to fail. So we get to fail a whole bunch as endurance athletes. And I'll tell you this, every mountaineering trip I've ever trained for, I have wanted to quit at at least one point and usually like about a million times. And This is true even if it was a fairly easy, low-risk trip. I start just getting convinced that I'm not ready or something bad's going to happen. And I've actually done podcasts on the not ready thing, so I'll put a link to that. That's a really good one to listen to also if you're in this position. But then, you know, I fantasized about, like, bad weather happening or the flights being delayed because, you know, then it would free me from the responsibility of making the decision to quit. And then I could just, like, blame my not doing it on something else other than myself. So you kind of see how that works, right? Maybe you're nodding along like, yeah, (laughs) I can relate. And if you can relate, you know what? The trips that I thought the hardest about quitting and had the most drama about were actually some of the ones I enjoyed the most. And after all that thinking about quitting and trying to engineer a way and bargain with the universe, I actually went and did it and just had just an amazing life-changing time in several cases. I also have had several cases where I've actually quit trips or delayed them, put them off, and I do believe there's a time and place for that. So let's unpack all of this. What do you do in that moment when you're kind of your soul is kind of crying out to the universe and ready to quit? Tip number one, I really want you to give yourself permission to quit if that's the right decision. And this may sound strange, but hear me out. So whenever you decide to quit, your mind's going to think of all the reasons you have to do this. You're going to think, you know, I'm a failure if I quit. People will judge me. If I'm not training all the time, if I cut back, I'll get fat. 
I've dedicated money already to this, which I will lose if I quit. And all these thoughts about why you can't quit is just going to lead you to feeling trapped and panicked, which only adds to your stress and it doesn't help you make good decisions. And to be honest, like you can be really honest with yourself. There are good reasons to quit. Sometimes your health, your mental health, your relationships, your job, they need to come first. And I really do believe that sometimes training is really difficult and it's not worth the cost at this particular time. So I really want to do another podcast on the emotional and cognitive load of training. We think a lot about all the physical stress training puts on our body, but we also don't necessarily factor in some of the emotional and cognitive factors that all come into that. And these really impact you. And this is especially true if you're going through difficulties in other areas of life, when you're dealing with grief, loss, huge conflict, change. Those may not be the best times in your life to train for climb a mountain. I'm not saying that you can't climb a mountain when you're dealing with other things, but it's something to consider. For example, I cannot tell you like how much cognitive load I am feeling right now, now that I've stopped drinking and just have to process all my emotions without alcohol. I don't have an escape hatch. And that's not something I would have predicted. But I do think that right now would not be the best time for me to be training for something huge, something new, something that's maybe a little bit scary. I actually feel really grateful that I kind of planned my year to be a little bit of an easy one where everything's somewhat familiar and I know what to do with most of it. So all that to say, when you have the thought, I want to quit, I don't want you to resist it. I don't want you to push it away. I don't want you to start panicking and be like, oh, we can't do that because A, B, C, D. Really let it in and then kind of take it apart and process it. So let's talk about how you do that. So number two step, what you're gonna do, you're gonna separate facts from stories. You're gonna look at the situation and ask yourself what's really true about this. So some examples of things that are objectively true, like no one can argue with. You can say things like, on this trip, I will climb 10,000 feet and travel 20 miles. On this trip, I will sleep in a tent. I will be on a rope team. And notice how none of these things by itself is a problem. It's only our thoughts about them that create the problem. So example from my own life and one that I think is really common in mountaineering is I will be on a rope team. And the story I have about that is I will be the slow one and everyone on the team will hate me. I'll slow us down. Maybe we won't even make it to the top because of me and it will just be terrible and I won't be able to deal with the shame. So note how your survival brain always goes to the worst case scenario. See how I did that? And and it's not doing that to be mean. It's because your survival brain's job, as we've talked about elsewhere on this podcast, its job is to keep you alive, to keep you in the cave, to keep you actually from doing adventures. Because from an evolutionary sense, adventure is not a safe thing. That's how we get killed, right? But If we accept that our thoughts are not the truth, we can tell our brain, you know, brain, it's 2021. We're not in a cave. We can now make different decisions about this, even though the survival brain is screaming and maybe having a tantrum sometimes. So some things to kind of think about as you're examining your stories about the situation. First of all, it's almost never going to be as bad as you imagine. I actually have this on a post-it note and it's on my mirror because I'm such an anxious person. I'm always just dwelling on the worst case scenario, turning it over in my head. And I can tell you from experience, it never happens. Like maybe you can relate, right? 
Another thing we can do to start just reprogramming that brain and breaking down those pathways that always go to the worst case scenario, really think about the best case scenario. What are the good things that could happen? So I actually have a story I'll share with you. It's someone else's story, but I think it's a really good one about the rope team. So I had a friend who was climbing Mount Rainier as a graduation climb for her mountaineering class. And she had been actually during the class diagnosed with exercise-induced asthma. So, so much uncertainty, so much to be afraid of there, right? She's like, I don't know what I'm going to feel like climbing something as big as Rainier, going up 10,000 feet. And I've already had some struggles in class on some of our training hikes. Like, how am I possibly going to do this rope team thing? So she had a lot of work to do, right, on her mind, because there were a lot of kind of scary unknowns that she had to deal with. And I'm sure she went through the whole thing about, I'm going to be slow, and I'm going to just make it bad for everyone else and bad for myself and fail. And so what she ended up doing, which I think is such genius, is she actually learned how to be the first person on the rope. So if you've been on a mountaineering trip, so you know, the first person has a little bit of extra responsibility. They're doing the route finding. They're checking for crevasses as the group is walking. So it is kind of a little bit of putting yourself out there, right? But she realized if she was the first person on the rope, she could control the pace of the team and also just have a little bit more like leadership in that situation. So she actually did that. She went on her graduation climb. She was the first person on the rope. She did all the things to keep the team safe. She was a little bit slow. She knew she was going to be. There was a little bit of grumbling on the team, she said. But they did make it to the top. You know, not super fast, but... Once you get there, like, who cares? Like, the point is to get there. (laughs) And then, like, how you get there melts away. And I can tell you, she was so proud of herself, so excited. Everybody was excited for her. And once they all kind of came down, like, all the stories about her being slow on Summit Day went away. And everybody was just like, wow, she really overcame this asthma, this difficulty she had in class, and achieved this awesome thing. So, There's like an example of the best case scenario and yours might be different, but yeah. What if it was really, really awesome? That is a great place to take yourself, which kind of leads us into my third tip. As to anytime you feel like you want to quit, I really encourage you to give yourself a week to decide. A week or, you know, kind of about that long. And set yourself a deadline to just kind of let things stew, and then you're going to make a decision. You can even put it on your calendar. I do recommend that because you don't want to stew forever. But the truth is, a lot of times when we're having intense emotion, lots of stories, our brain needs time and space to process, to kind of peel back all the layers and figure out what's going on. On. So whenever you've decided to make a decision about quitting and you've put it on your calendar, what do you do in that week leading up? So first of all, I really want you to schedule some processing time. And that's not necessarily time where you're sitting around thinking about quitting. I would actually encourage you not to do that, but just give your brain some time in unstructured activities. So if, for example, taking a walk outside in nature, not having any agenda, maybe just playing some music and just making space for your brain to work, to process. It does a lot of this unconsciously. So you don't even have to be thinking about the mountain. Just kind of go out there, 
and see what happens. You can also do this like sitting in the bathtub. You can do this with journaling, just sitting and writing down your thoughts and kind of looking at them objectively, breaking them down, questioning them. I think that's so important. And really your goal for all of this is when you make that decision, whenever that deadline is, you want to decide from a place of love, from a place of abundance, from a place of self-acceptance, and not from a place of like panic and feeling trapped and feeling like I have to do this. So your work in this time leading up to the deadline is just to work on really creating those feelings with your thoughts. So how do you do that? One thing I think is really important is remembering your why. Why did you want to climb this mountain in the first place? And I've talked about this on other podcasts, how Sometimes we don't have a strong enough why because we just pick something and we don't, it's not necessarily something we're excited about. Maybe we went along with it for friends or because the date or the price was good or whatever. But sometimes the thing that makes a huge difference in your training and your motivation is climbing something that's meaningful to you, whatever that is. Maybe you saw a TV show about it when you were a little kid and you thought, oh, wouldn't it be neat to climb that? Or I think I've told my story with Mount Rainier. I actually studied it in college when I was working in volcano and earthquake mitigation and actually got up close and personal with it and made a disaster plan for if it erupts. So I'm like, of course, I'm going to climb this sometime. It's just going to happen. It's a done deal. So whatever has meaning to you, it doesn't necessarily have to even make sense to other people. Just really going back to that meaning and kind of sitting with that, writing about it, just thinking about the thoughts about it that bring kind of warm feelings to you, I think is a really good idea. So then you're going to get to your deadline and you're going to decide. You're going to decide. And once you make that decision, you're going to make it the right decision. There really is, if you think about it, no right or wrong decision. It's what you make it. So if you decide to climb the mountain, you're 100% recommitting to going into it with energy, with excitement, with keeping that meaning, that why squarely in your focus. If you decide not to climb the mountain, you are not going to second guess yourself. You are not going to beat yourself up. You're going to be like, this is 100% the right decision for me right now in this moment because I say so. And I'm not going to let anyone, including myself, make me feel bad about it. And maybe that means that I am going to replan the trip, delay the trip, find a new trip that has more meaning for me. But This deciding not to do this right now is 100% the right decision because I say so. You get to do that. Isn't that amazing? So friends, that is my thoughts on what to do when you want to quit. It will inevitably happen, as I said, but it doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. I think sometimes the struggles and the wanting to quit, it's actually happening, not happening to us we're not like victims of circumstance. It's actually happening for us because when we work through these things, we just become stronger in our minds, stronger in our commitment, stronger in our motivation. We learn that we can work through difficult things and tough spots and just come out stronger the other side. And a lot of times it helps us renew that excitement and renew that drive that it takes to really get to the top of the mountain. So don't panic when it comes up. You can bookmark this episode and come back and listen to it. Hope it was helpful. And yeah, thank you so much for hanging out, guys. I will see you next week. 
Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.